Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted you've been able to join us yet again for another show. Now, before we do get started, don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you already haven't. And uh, don't forget to hit that little notification bell that's beside the subscribe button so that YouTube will let you know the next time a podcast is uploaded or we have a live stream. If you like listening to us on a podcast player, there's a link down below in the description where all the available podcast players can be found and i will be streamlining this in the next couple of weeks as well there's a number of podcast players that don't put my content out when it's meant to so we're going to be streamlining that a bit and uh, finally if you want to support the show if you like the show you can look down below find the link for buy me a coffee and you can do so through all of that so now that that's all done and dusted let's jump into the top four stories trending here in thailand and the first one is in relation to an illegal casino that covered two leased hotel floors being discovered recently police arrested 49 people including 26 chinese nationals and seized about 3.5 million baht in cash at an illegal casino operating on two floors at a hotel in Nantaburi province early wednesday morning the lavishly decorated casino operated on the 8th floor and ninth of the Iwish Hotel in Namwang Wan area. The two floors were leased with access only by keycard. The premises were raided by immigration police and assisted by the local police. The initial announcement said that 26 Chinese gamblers were held along with 23 Thai workers. Police seized six Baccarat tables, six slot machines, about 100 packs of cards, about 3.5 million in cash and casino chips with uh, denominated values totaling tens of millions of baht. The suspects and seized goods were taken to Rachanabad police station in Muang district for legal proceedings. Now, police colonel Tamet, he chief of the station, said later that local police inspected the hotel last month and had not found a concede casino there. Immigration police had also asked officers from his station to assist during the raid. The casino was big, he said. A Thai operator leased the two floors from the hotel and key cards were needed to gain access. Now, according to the station chief, there were 49 detainees and they also included Canadian, Lao, Myanmar and Singapore nationals. Some foreigners were casino staff. 26 arrested people denied all charges as they were in its food court. Well stocked out. National Police Chief Police Colonel Porsak said he ordered his deputy, Police uh, General Kiritat, to investigate the case thoroughly and find the real owner of the casino. His deputy would look into the rumor that foreigners ran the casino and police would take legal action against any officials who illegally supported the illicit business, said Police General Torsak. Senior police officers in the locality of the casino had not been transferred pending the investigation, the National Police Chief said. So, again, more illicit things being done by Chinese nationals here in the country. Again, it's a foreigner's fault, but, I mean, it's been... If they said they investigated and found nothing there a month ago, I, I don't believe that. Generally, how these inspections by police go with uh, hotels is they turn up, they go into the lobby, they sign a book to say that they've been there and then they leave. They don't inspect anything. This could have been here for months for all we know. And the way things are ran around here, if it's been there that long, it certainly had the knowledge of local, let's say, administrative uh, people in this select area we've seen it before and it won't be the last time and it'll continue to go on but nevertheless for people who don't know gambling in thailand is completely illegal except for the uh, national lottery there is talk about 
introducing casinos to certain select areas in the next few years, but that hasn't gone very far at all at the moment, and probably just more talking than anything else. But nevertheless, yeah, people were caught, probably grassed up by somebody in the hotel who's seen something going on and you know decided that they would uh, you know let the police know. But nevertheless, we'll move on to the next story. And the next, the next story is an interesting one too. The government plots duty-free paradise. The government has initiated a study aimed at transforming Thailand into a duty-free paradise a crucial step in positioning the country as a prime tourism and shopping hub. The measure includes the cancellation of setting up arrival duty-free shops to encourage tourists to shop more within the country. The Cabinet on Tuesday agreed in principle to five core measures proposed by the Ministry of Finance aimed at bolstering the country's status as a premier destination for tourism and shopping, government spokesman Chai Wat Kranonk said on Tuesday. The first measure is aimed at encouraging domestic spending among locals and international tourists by offering them more tax and financial benefits, said the spokesman. Among the products likely to be promoted under this measure are locally made perfumes, clothes and fashion bags, he said. The second measure deals with the proposed restructuring of excise tax to make certain types of products more appealing in terms of price, he said, adding that their prices will possibly become cheaper than the same products sold in other countries, he noted. The third measure concerns a proposal to cancel the establishment of duty-free shops on arrival to encourage greater shopping among international visitors during their stay in Thailand. Duty-free shops in departures will remain. The fourth measure will, will deal with a proposal to relax opening hours at night entertainment venues in important tourist destinations, he said. The Ministry of Interior was assigned to study further how to raise tourism-related income with the help of this measure, he said. For the fifth measure, the Foreign Affairs Ministry will was assigned by the Cabinet to study the possibility of extending the visa-free policy to cover visitors from more countries, he said. The Ministry of Finance will look at how to attract more foreign tourists to Thailand to buy brand name products here. For instance, what products on the shelves of arrival duty-free shops could possibly be changed from imported products to Thai products, he said. These ministries are expected to come up with detailed findings from their assigned studies and report to the cabinet next year, Mr. Choi said. These measures to support Thailand becoming a tourism and shopping hub are part of the government's economic stimulation policies, he noted. So a new plan, a new plan to kind of encourage people when they come to Thailand to buy more stuff, I guess. Hopefully not junk. And when they talk about perfumes and they talk about, you know, designer bags and all that, one of the big problems and one of the things that people, when they come to this country, have is whether or not the item they're being sold is actually real. Is the perfume real? Is the handbag real? Is whatever they're buying a designer name, is it real? Because Thailand is very lax when it comes to... uh, practicing the laws in relation to kind of copywriting and copying things we do see from time to time raids on local markets but whether or not you go into a shop and what you're buying is legitimate is still a big problem here in thailand and you still have in the back of your mind that kind of is what i'm picking up from this shop real now if you go to for an example a coach shop or louis vuitton you can be sure that 99% that what you're buying is legit because it's a branded store and it is run by them. But when you start stepping out of these shops and going to other places, that's where the confusion sets in and, and, and the doubt sets in. So I do think if Thailand wants to be seen as a shopping hub, a duty free paradise, what it needs to do firstly is ensure that what's being sold is legit and that people feel like when they're buying something, they know they're getting what they're meant to be buying. Now, if you want to do all these tax incentives 
and everything else absolutely no problem with that at all having the duty free by the way when you're coming into thailand i always found that a little bit weird you know having the duty free after the after the arrivals you don't find it in, in, in a lot of countries from my recollect, recollection you know of course when you're traveling a long distance you'll do multiple airports you can always buy duty free in other airports along the way if you've uh, you know a connecting flight or anything like that so um, I don't know if it's a legitimately a good plan. Maybe when they come back from the study, they'll realize and might realize it actually probably might not work. But I'd love to know what you think about it. Do you think it's a good idea? Um, I do think the visa ideas, the idea of giving longer stays to tourists when they come here, for example, Europeans, giving them maybe 60 days up from the current 30 days. I think having uh, later hours and opening hours is a good thing as long as the establishments, A, are sticking to the hours be that there's proper public transport for people who want to go home at 4 a.m. and they're not getting on motorbikes or in cars or struggling to find taxis to go home. So if you, you start to put in actual systems for all this, I think things can improve and certainly drive revenue in this country. But again, it's Thailand. So as many of you know, these things sometimes never pan out exactly the way we think they would. But we'll move on to the next story. And it's a, it's to do with Chiang Mai and this is quite interesting too because I get a bit of a feeling that the Prime Minister is kind of sweeping this pro- problem underneath the carpet as well. The PMI's tourism crimping haze. So Prime Minister Tavasin on Wednesday voiced concern over the impact of PM 2.5 pollution on Chiang Mai's tourism industry during the high season and pledged to hold talks with neighbouring countries to combat haze and smog pollution. On a second day of visiting the northern province, the Prime Minister met representatives from various agencies and laid down guidelines as they step up efforts to deal with the seasonal bushfires, ultrafine dust and other harmful air pollution in the region. I can see that they take the air pollution issue seriously and want to lessen the problem. I use the word lesson because it's extremely challenging to eliminate the problem. Let's be realistic, he said. The Prime Minister stressed the need to curb sources of PM 2.5 that have long affected people's health, saying exhaust fumes, slash and burn farming and waste management must be addressed. A wider use of renewable energy and a transition to electric vehicles could significantly reduce air pollution. Meanwhile, slash and burn practices and problems linked to the management of farm waste could be solved by economic strategies, he said. Mr. Tavison said if product prices were elevated, farmers would be more willing to absorb the expenses associated with farm waste management. The costs of managing farm waste are, too, are also high. Several suggestions have been made and I believe we have to pursue these measures as they are sustainable, he said. Mr. Tavison said haze and forest fires have been plaguing the northern region for years and affecting the region's tourism industry, with people staying far away from the northern region in February and March because of poor air quality. The government will hold talks with Laos and Myanmar to seek their support and cooperation in fighting haze and Thailand might also offer to help them with managing farm waste for mutual benefits, he said. He said cooperation from business is also essential to promote clean air and strongly urged them to buy farm products from those that comply with regulation. He said that the Clean Air Bill would hold accountable those responsible for sources of air pollution outside national borders. According to the Casagorn Research Centre, the estimated economic losses from the haze and smog problem on tourism in the northern uh, north during the five-day Songkran Festival this year, that was April 13th, 7, could be as high as 700 million baht. Now, 
a couple of things to start off to take by this. It's uh, During the pre-election, everybody spoke about we're going to combat this, we're going to do something about this. And it's baffling to me when the Prime Minister of the country says, says, the first thing he says is, I see that they take the air pollution issue seriously here. Well, of course they take it seriously, Prime Minister. Their livelihoods and their health are highly affected by the lack of any movement from the government in relation to this over any time. So the first thing we note here, right, is the previous government government under Priot have done nothing, have never took care of the problem and had set no plans uh, in the future to take care of it. There's nothing being done. I think this has become very obvious. Now we have a new prime minister and he's saying, well, we have all these things to do, slash and burn, we have to talk with other countries. So the first thing I would say is deal with what you can deal with in your own country. So slash and burn, all this burning, you need to stamp it out this year immediately. People cannot afford to have their livelihoods disrupted because the government are afraid. And that's what it is a lot of the time, afraid because they don't want to upset farmers, their voters, especially Puatai. Don't want, you know, they don't want to upset them and they uh, just implement the law, have it stopped. All this electric vehicle, uh, this will make a minute difference. No different whatsoever to the PM 25 issue in Chiang Mai and the North. None whatsoever. Stop talking nonsense. Deal with the real issues. And there's no point to go talking to Myanmar. I mean, it's pretty much a lawless country at the moment. They pretty much can't, don't, they don't even have control over certain parts of their own country there because of the, the junta there took over the place in a coup and it's absolutely a shit show in Myanmar. And I don't think Lao care too much as long as it's not affecting them they probably wouldn't care too much about it either. So what you have to do is you have to deal with what you can deal with within your boundaries. And the first thing they need to do is put an end to the slash and burn that's going on. That, by the way, is illegal in Thailand. But he acts like it's not illegal. He nearly acts like, oh yeah, it's okay to do. Well, it's not okay to do. People's health is being highly affected and people's livelihoods highly affected because of this issue. And now what we know from, from this article and other ones I've read is that this coming season of the slash and burn, by the way, it's just not February and March. It can be as early as January and go right through, you know, till April. Okay. What's going to happen there now is we know that nothing is going to be any way addressed during this period. So we know already from his talk, expect that for the next three to four months, Chiang Mai will be unvisitable. That's that's the truth. And the idea that a government care so little about certain parts of their country that they're prepared to let people suffer is, is unbelievable. I mean, to the point that, okay, we can say Myanmar, Laos have issues, like I said, but deal with the problems in your own country first, then you can focus on the next ones. You know, they're talking about slash and burn and talking with Laos. You can't even deal with it in your own country. What, what Do you think they're going to listen to you? Absolutely not. I, I find it disgusting at times that they continue to say the same thing, the same rhetoric from each government here. But yet again, the people of Chiang Mai continue to suffer and nothing is ever, ever done. I can guarantee in five years time, if this podcast is still going, we'll be having the same conversation. And that's that's the way it is. And it's unfortunate. And I feel sorry for Thai people who live up there. And I feel sorry for the tourists who tried to go there to support the community, but then decide they can't because of the absolute disgrace of the air quality up there. And there's a couple of small reasons. We know what they are, but they won't deal with them. They'll just brush it under the carpet yet again. Anyway, I'd love to know your opinion. I mean, if you're a person who travels here in Thailand, would you go up to Chiang Mai? Probably not. I, I won't be. I can tell you that. But nevertheless, we'll move along to the next and final story. I don't know how to pronounce this place, but we'll give it a go. Concert in Kelantan, which is in Malaysia, with sexy Thai dancers, stirs controversy. 
a concert featuring, featuring a well-known Thai folk songstress and scantily clad dancers at a Buddhist festival to celebrate Loi Katong has stirred controversy in the conservative Malaysian state of Kelantan, according to Malaysian media. Video clips of the November 24th event have gone viral, triggering a heated debate across social media platforms and prompting some netizens to call for an investigation, the New Strait Times reported. The concert was held in conjunction with the Loikatong Festival in the vicinity of a Buddhist temple in Bachak, 25 kilometers east of the state capital, Kotabaru Bachak had a sizable Malaysian Thai community. Videos and pictures have gone viral and they show the Thai artist Tung Pang Chanakan performing with her dancers on the stage in a sexy attire with the crowd dancing alongside. Now, I've actually seen this dancer on TikTok and it is a little provocative at times, but I mean, it's nothing too crazy. But what is quite interesting is Malaysia. And I think a lot of people know is that we've had a lot of international singers turn up there in the last six months, a year, have said a couple of things that, you know, have not been correct, let's say, in relation to the LGBTQ community and had their shows shut down halfway through. So it does make you wonder, a bit like Thailand, one rule for one set and one rule for another set of people. But this, again, was at a Buddhist temple. Uh, it's kind of the norm. I've seen this in Thailand a lot. I think a lot of you will know the kind of shows I'm talking about. You have a singer and you have girls dressed in. They're just dancing. And that's really it. But again, I think overreaction to everything all the time. Malaysia especially, I think sometimes overreact to too many things like this. There's a lot of people there. They're all having a good time. They're enjoying the concert. They're enjoying it all. Let people live their lives. That's what I have to say. Unless they're doing something that's... I mean, completely immoral to the point, you know, that you have to call in the police or something, then I see no real issue in it all. But nevertheless, that is it for today, folks. Sorry if you heard some dogs barking. They were mine. But nevertheless, thanks for tuning in. As always, I will be back in the next couple of days and we'll try to be a lot more consistent for the month of December. Again, thank you for tuning in. Happy December. Christmas is only 25 days away. Enjoy it all. Take care and have a great day. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.